The following podcast discusses alternative sexual practices in loving and detailed terms, and as such may not be appropriate for young children, members of the Quiverful Movement, or my mother. Listener discretion is advised. A podcast of wholesome kink and perverted knitting. I'm Sir Arcane. I'm Lansing Mike. And as always, a hairy prone companion is brought to you by the Esquire Bar. And first Fridays at Esquire Bar, when Lansing Pups and Handlers has its bar night, and first Friday in January, guaranteed and probably going forward because he's a good guy, uh, we're going to have boot blacking services there. So, if you've got a pair of boots that isn't quite as shiny as you would like them to be, swing on by Esquire. Our January 1st Friday is going to be New Year's Day. They are open, and I've been told they tend not to get a lot of business on New Year's Day because everybody's recovering from the hangover from New Year's Eve. Good event. Have it to ourselves. Well, partially. Partially to ourselves. It's still a public place, so if you show up in gear... Yeah. Expect stairs. Well, and also be wearing gear that isn't going to get you arrested if you walk down Grand River wearing it. Because it is Michigan, and I don't think they have the, is it the cabaret license, which would allow a place to serve alcohol and have nudity. They don't the, have that, so yeah. yeah. I know the, I know. The uh, someone was saying, oh, can I go there and be nude like they were in some other bar? While they're doing stuff, and it's like, no. 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 (laughs) Spiral fought against the no liquor, no nudity law, and they won, and then the law got rewritten. Oh. The thing I heard wasn't so much fought against as in, oh, they heard that there was this thing where you could do it and have it, and they checked into it, and it was a thing you could do and have, and then they did it. And like then, the 15th anniversary, but now that's changed now, so it's... I believe it has changed now that there is still in Michigan on the books that you can't be fully nude and serve liquor, which in Flint meant that across the street from each other, you had two strip clubs. Mm-hmm. You had the one that had booze and G-strings, and across the street, the one that had neither. And the one that had neither, as another selling point, stayed open until 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. All right. Busy, eventful, draining week this last week. So we recorded last time on Saturday, Saturday. right? Mm-hmm. So Saturday night, I went down to Detroit for the 12 Kinks of Christmas. And as people heard on the last podcast, there was a flat tire involved, which was repaired. Yay. So Yay. you're mobile. <laughs> yes, yes. Car repairs. And less expensive than I feared to get it replaced. So I went down for that with Pup Neptune. Okay. And we had a good time. I saw a few people from my days in Flint. Saw a few people I knew from Detroit. Got to see somebody get Logged with a violet wand, which oh. was a little different. 
I mean, it looked kind of pretty, had kind of a rave-like effect, but had to hit him with it very lightly because otherwise the wand would break. So okay. it wasn't really flogging. It was oh. it, it was electroplay. Because so. I've seen, um, well, no, I've rope that has mylar woven through it, so it conducts. And mm -hmm. I could see maybe something being made with that, with a, a handle that would be Whip, energized. Flog, yeah. Yeah. It, and then, you know, and then when you're hit with that, you feel something. Yeah, this looked like, fr from a distance, it looked kind of like, uh, and sorry that I'm spacing out more than usual, but haven't slept well. Uh, luxury tax. Um, so, yeah, it looked kind of like lightsabers um, mm. from a distance. Oh. But getting up a little closer, it was maybe some kind of plastic or, well, yeah, because you can generate the static charge on the plastic and then so not so much flogging more like a kind of a caning more, it was yeah a, it was a solid yeah it was okay. it was solid and again wasn't hitting very hard just based on the sound it was just like tap 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 and then you know the the arc of the electricity a, a very little bit it was interesting to watch for a bit but and i'm gonna talk some smack here the DJ at Menjo's, he doesn't under, didn't understand the concept of beat matching, so it was. Oh, I heard some people talking yeah. about that. How it's just one does not flow easily. One song does not flow easily into the other without realizing. You know, you realize when one song started, one song stopped, and there was gaps in between. And yeah, there there's gaps. It you know, it feels like somebody's downshifting on the highway okay. for it. Uh, but other than that, um, and yeah, some other people were complaining about the mix, saying it was too 70s. I'm like, is that possible? Maybe I'm just old. Uh, you'll doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what they play. There will be someone who didn't yeah, like it. The, the, there will be someone who will kvetch about the music at, at a gay bar. Michigan Puppy Patrol was there, and a few pups were there, including Whiteout and Pupzilla who we met at the first first Friday. Got to see them romping around. Saw a few, saw two pups that were there. They might have been together. They were in wrestling singlets and pup hoods, and they were wrestling each other on the pup mats. Like real... Like actual wrestling. Uh, yeah, actual college grade, not WWE level, but no, college grade wrestling and... And they were having fun in, in those wrestling singlets with no jock. You could tell they were enjoying it. <laughs> and I was enjoying the view. So that was fun. Then this Friday, Lansing Pups and Handlers had a potluck get-together. It was in, Yeah, it was in someone's home. Well, apartment. It was nice. Good to see people outside of the bar environment. Mm -hmm. We may be able to slowly convince the host of the potluck to let us have a Elpa mosh there as long as we keep it to a reasonable volume. And that's Maybe. true. I don't think you can keep it. I mean, there were points when just the, it was a party. It didn't have, you know, it wasn't, it was more of a gathering because, yes. you know, there's no music. There was, but Th there, there was, was there was some food, booze, and people. It was and a conversation. Party. And it got pretty loud, just people standing around talking. 
And so I was like, it'll be interesting because he's just recently moved there. And I know it's, it's an older building with older residents. And so he was concerned and yeah, he needs to find out if then how much the neighbors heard because yeah, there's some, you know, just in just talking, there's some people who are just, you know, had no volume control and they're talking, which it's like, it's a party. It's like, yeah, you talk about stuff. So yeah, if that was heard, yeah, I can't think of a mosh being quieter. No. And there'd be a lot more thudding and a lot more noise, I think. And, a, a lot more thudding, a lot more barking. Yeah. And as such, yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, just in seeing the... It's funny because we came into that place and we came in through the uh, back, the patio. Mm-hmm. And I had not seen the front hallways or the entryway. And oh my God, yeah, it's like, okay, after seeing that, it's like, oh, I even feel uncomfortable having a party there because did you see it yourself i did not okay see it, it looked like a hotel an elderly hotel they had these the door knobs were these well there's a normal doorknob but then there's like a handle on each door that was just pieces of crystal and a bar and, it, and pieces of lucite and a bar probably but or something yeah. and then chandeliers in the entryway and it just it definitely had an older feel to it and i'm like Oh, okay. I don't know how well that's going to work for a mosh. Even a party, I was almost like, okay, we're getting a bit too uppity. But well, we'll see. And it depends on what his neighbors say, and especially and if, if they heard. Like yeah. I said, uh, he was going to ask around, and because it sounds like he's just recently moved there, and ask around and say, hey, you know, we had some people over. Did we get too loud for you? And being a good neighbor and making sure that you know. It was, and it was like, oh, you didn't hear anything? Okay. Because that building could be very, very solid. That's the other nice thing about old buildings. They tend to have good bones and nice thick construction to it. So, And uh, the other sound was, um, well, I, there was a, a toy exchange, I know. Someone had purchased a toy that turned out to be not something that they really wanted. Uh, oh, no, them. they they wanted. Well, they, but, they yeah. Uh, but, uh, let, right let's, l- let's stop back step back from the vague so the host had an ox balls pup tail size large and one of the members of elpa said i've never had a tail i really want one i think i can take it well he was basing it on other thing other toys yeah, he's basing had. it on other toys that he had bought it off him Took a couple shots of fireball whiskey and tried to insert it unsuccessfully. And that was also very loud. Yeah, he was very vocal about his failure. Well, there's that, that phrase, was it, when you like eat too much, your eyes were bigger than your stomach. In this case, your desire is bigger than your anus. Yeah, his eyes were, were bigger than his ass that day. But it's something you can work up to. I mean, he he's now the owner of it, and oh yeah, given time. But just at that point, it was not meant to be that night. So, absolutely, and yeah, he's he gave it a college try. Oh yeah, I heard. <laughs> yeah, he he put forth a lot of effort, and I went in there tried to help him because you know sometimes when you're putting that in, you you've got your body kind of twisted mm-hmm. in a suboptimal position. So I'm like, okay. You focus on opening your hips and relaxing, and I will just gently push and use a lot of lube. And so that it was, wasn't to so be. the company was Oxballs. Yes, that 
was an oxball's multicolored tail. Mm-hmm. I mean, it looks gorgeous, mm-hmm. and I like the shape that the plug has, the kidney shape to the plug. So once he gets it in there, it'll stay in there pretty well. And a good sized tail too. I think it was at least a good foot of tail curving off. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. Yeah, it was a full dog tail, not the small pup tail. Yeah, they make the the tails in different lengths, and okay. I think they also make a curly cute pig tail. And I know several companies make pony tails mm-hmm. with actual horse hair, or well, depends on how much you want to spend. You want the actual horse hair, or can you get away with a synthetic? So your room cleans better. That's all. So you can play a violin with your ass. So that was Friday. Was that yeah, was um, that was Friday? Kind of a holiday get together. Yep, got my Friday. first taste of Fireball whiskey. There, um, not bad when mixed with foreigners. Um, I've had it in hot chocolate. It's tasty. Yeah, my brother at his wedding introduced me to Johnny Walker and Verners, and okay. that goes really well together. Which one has the honey flavored one? There's a, a is it, maybe it's Jim Beam. I think might one might of them be. has a honey flavor that would be tasty in Verners. I think. Yeah, I know that Crown Royal has an apple whiskey. I'm popular guy. My my recon alerts are blowing up. Oh, good job. <laughs> well, uh, so then that was Friday night. Yes. And then what was the next event? Next event on Saturday night was the Detroit Bondage Club. Okay. And it was remarked upon that at 8 o'clock, the place was already pretty full and people were were still coming. Mm -hmm. So it was very well attended this month. A side effect of that, for me at least, is that it was also very distracting. (laughs) Lots going on, lots of things to see. Lots of things to see. And I don't want to say I blew my load early, but... Uh, myself and Big Boots, who we talked about before, oh, yes. mm-hmm. we had our scene together right at like 8.30 for about an hour. So an hour of active fisting until my shoulder started to get grumpy at me. And then I really just spent the rest of the night watching others just because there were so many different things going on and I was still recovering from the top drop of that scene. Yeah, it just wore me out. You, my Fitbit might not recognize an hour of fisting as physical activity because, well, it's not an armband. It's a belt clip. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of energy was expen- was spent. And then, you know, we were going, we were going. I said, my shoulder's starting to see something. He's like, yeah, he had also spilled his poppers at, on himself and so that was starting to burn so we decided now would be a good time to stop and we might get back to it later so we stopped still feeling pretty up and energetic did some aftercare and then yeah we both just kind of our energy levels just (laughs) plummeted out once you know all the excitement and the adrenaline was out and i'm like whoa but I did see something really neat that I wanted to talk about. It was, guy was tied up with raw hemp rope with kind of a thick braid on it. And then once he was tied up, the top took three foot 
lengths of bamboo, inserted them into parts of the rope work, mm-hmm. and then twisted. Oh, to tighten. To tighten, yeah. And he had specifically set up that when it tightened, it would tighten around painful places. Pressure points, ball sack, that sort of thing. And that was a fun, hot scene. He was very vocal in the bottom, and he was also kind of being worked over by three tops at the same time. The rope expert, myself, and his partner were all there. And mainly it was the rope expert, but every so often, the other two of us would add, let's say, accent notes to the scene. And we were joking back and forth, his partner and I, with such comments as, that scream is not a safe word. Fuck is not a safe word. (laughs) No is not a safe word. Really enjoyed it. He really enjoyed it. I mean, you know, despite all of the screaming and the yelling and the moaning and the cussing, there was a a dick there that stayed between semi-hard and dripping the entire time. Well, I mean, that's why you have a safe word. I mean, in play... That's so that you just have that odd thing out of place so you can scream, holler, beg, whatever, you know, part of the scene that would normally be things that would other situation be like, oh, no, okay, something bad's happening here. No, in this case, yeah, it's just either them getting into it or, you know, yeah, that's why you have a safe word and something else. He did yellow out once because the rope had shifted a bit and had pulled or pinched on the clothespins that were on his nipples. Mm -hmm. And that jumped from the agony that he was enjoying to something he wasn't expecting, wasn't prepared for, wasn't able to enjoy, and said, I need these clips off my nips now. And we're like, okay, shoot! Thank you. And then we shifted where the staff was and gave it another half turn. And he was back to yelling happily. See here. What else did I do? Oh, yeah. I introduced a gentleman to his prostate. Mm -hmm. And he was there in the sling. He said that he had a really tight ass and wanted to know how to open it up. I said, one finger is wonderful. And so I was gently stroking his prostate while two other gentlemen were gently sucking on his nipples. And he was a very happy camper. And we talked about, okay, what can I do? To help loosen myself up, not necessarily to fisting level, but just to be able to make anal sex more pleasurable. And the general agreement around the room was dildos are fine, dildos are good, but plugs are better. Hmm. That having a butt plug... Because this is the constant yeah, being the, in there and just being in there. As the, yeah, the, dildo, the be, which kind of yeah. purposes in and out, kind of simulating sex. Right. Yeah, the being there, being in there... And that, you know, just put it in there, leave it for an hour a day until it goes in, you know, really easily. And then it's time to move up a size and that you should feel a gentle stretch when you're doing it. Shouldn't be painful, but if it just goes in with like a, is that all there is? You're ready for more. And also, you know, a lot of times it's positions, too. Yes. Different positions make it much easier to be penetrated. And sometimes it just might be, that's not what, it's not a thing you want. I remember 
you know, years of uh, working on a helpline, people calling in about stuff, and they'd be like, well, how can I make it hurt less? I'm gay, I have, you know, I'm being fucked, and it hurts. It's like, are you enjoying it? No. But that's what we do. It's like, no. No. Um, if you aren't liking it, then maybe it's, you know, you're not wanting things up your ass. But that's what gay sex is. And it's like, there's a lot no, more to it No, there is so much more to gay sex. And likewise, the number of straight callers we'd have asking us about, you know, it pretty much would be a matter of where are the bars? I got to meet men to have sex. And it's like, why? And it's like, because I tried something up my ass and it felt good. And it's like, are you attracted to men? No. But again, there's, it was the opposite. It was like, it was straight men who liked prostate stimulation, something up their ass. And in their mind, gay sex is anal sex, which is so rooted that, well, I like anal sex. I must be gay. Or the only way I can get it is through gays. And it's like, no, there's lovely toys. You know, what are you turned on by? You're turned on by women? Then, hey, you know, have your girlfriend buy a nice strap on and boom, best of both worlds. Yeah, a nice double-headed strap-on that is specifically designed to go on a female partner in a harness. So she gets the, the penetration, you get the penetration at the same time. You guys rock it. And yeah. And but also this is years ago. Years right. ago when before you know, Dan Savage. <laughs> well, and even that just before I think people were, you know, more, you know, willing to discuss and think about it and know what gay is well, and before the term pegging was popular because yeah now now there's a term for that to peg to get fucked by a strap-on yes yeah, straight men have prostates too mm -hmm. doms have prostates too well also i think you know in the straight world and i think you get that sometimes in the gay world we do have this thing about the submissive the you know or the the bottom it's like oh it's you're you're less because, you know, you're the one getting fucked. And that's just good old misogyny. But no, I mean, and so yeah, that's just good old-fashioned, you know, like, oh, if you're being fucked, then you, or you're the bottom, or the receptive, then you are the lesser of this couple. Something I've always like liked about the concept of gay relationships is, in theory, there's this equality to begin with. Because you don't have to deal with the gender stuff, but... We, we work it in there. That up. We work it in there somehow, anyways. We figure it out. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, height or age or income levels. We'll figure out ways of comparing ourselves. <laughs> I remember I was at a leather contest, and one of the questions was, "Can a master get fucked and still be a master?" Hmm. And my thinking internally was, "Yes, of course." It's, yeah, it's, 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 I mean, I think being a master is a, a mindset and also just a skill set that right. it's, yeah, it's like, yeah. Plus, you know, I can see it from a really hot scene point of view where, you know, you've got the sub tied up or in a sleep sack. The only thing that's free is his dick and I know ride I, it, go to town. And, and well, I know of a couple yeah. that there is pretty much a top bottom kind of dynamic in the couple. And things were just not happy in that uh, bedroom uh, for a while because, you know, it's like, okay, the top is the one who needs to be dominant and all this. And and no, the personalities are completely opposite. The bottom was the one calling the shots and the top was the one who needed just to be taking orders. And once they realized that dynamic, and I think it was IML and possibly puppy play that kind of helped introduce those ideas. It's like, oh, this kind of thing we've been taught 
um, or at least assumed with power dynamics and relationships. No, that's not the case. And much happier. <laughs> it's like, bless their hearts. Yay, they figured it out. (laughs) Good week. I'm still recovering from the play party hangover. Yes, you look like you've been ridden rough and put away wet. Yeah, well, (laughs) I left the party about 1, 1.30. Okay. And in previous parties, I would have been one of the last to leave Mm -hmm. other than the host. But this time, people were still actively going at not as many but how long do they usually last until or is it kind of a function of how many are there it is a function of how many there there are there the official schedule says 1 a.m okay and it does tend to break up pretty much by 1 a.m there were still quite a few people there at one when i left and started driving back to lansing which from the clubhouse is about 90 minutes, so okay. I got in about 3 a.m. driving in the fog oh. and having a wonderful foggy brain. Oh, boy, that was an adventure. Glad you made it back. Um, no, I was oh, also my. in Detroit, a friend's birthday dinner in Birmingham. So yeah, I saw you on Facebook that you were, what, at Dave & Buster's? Uh, that's where the day started. I did not know what Dave and Buster's was. I thought I always think confused with Bagger Dave's, which is a burger joint, and you know, you well, get Dave and Buster's is sort of burger. No, it, it, that's a section of it. Um, it's actually a giant arcade kind of thing. It's a different. It's an arcade with a liquor license. It's basically Chuck E. Cheese for adults. <laughs> Although there are lots of kids running around. Yeah, I didn't know what it was. I thought it was just a burger joint and sports bar. So I was like, what do you mean, you know... What do you mean bring, bring a roll of quarters? Well, and also it just took forever for us to find where you had to go to get food. Because you walk in and you're kind of in the arcade place. It's like, well, where's where do you stand to get seated? And then, oh, you had to go to the section where they had said, please wait to be seated. Where we stood for a minute until someone, a waitress was kind of snarky and said... Oh, this is a private party here. I'm like, yeah, but your sign says we're waiting to be seated. Oh, it's over that way. It's like, then don't put up signs that tell us to wait here to be seated when this is a private party area. It's like, ah. So I was, I, I get grumpy old man and and that's why I leave good tips to, you know, the poor waitress who has to put up with me for the first minute where I'm just venting. <laughs> um, no, but then once we were seated, it was, the food was fine. You know, sports bar, kind of place. Um, and just wandering around the arcade and a lot of dilfs in the crowd. Dads that, yeah, it would be fun to play with because it's like, ah. Oh. Including this one who is like reaching up to take a picture of one of the prizes in one of like the little shoppy area that you use your tickets. And, oh, he was wearing underwear to exist underwear and I can't remember some... Oh, an Abercrombie Fit shirt. And it rode up and you could see the tattoo he had. And and then there was a... It looked like a, a reasonable amount of ass crack from behind. And both my friend and I were like, Oh, hello, there's a show. <laughs> bless, bless your heart. <laughs> Thank you. But then, yeah, we... um, Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. The, the good news is I was well fed. And by the time I got back to Lansing, 10.30, I just went to bed and slept. And so I'm the opposite of you. I, I had a long week work-wise, some long nights... Last two nights were actually sleeping reasonable amounts, so I was like, "Yay, I'm ready to take on today." You take on today. I'll take on Monday. <laughs> By Monday, when I actually have to go back to work, I should be. That's what the weekends are for. Recover. Yeah, party all day Saturday, mumble your way through church Sunday morning, and then recover. Yeah, get a little hair of the dog if if your congregation is 
like that and, and spent the rest rest of Sunday recovering or watching football. Life's going to be spent in meetings and other things. So. <laughs> we here at A Harry Prone Companion care about our listeners. And as such, we do need to make the following announcement. Side effects of listening to A Harry Prone Companion may include, but are not limited to, headache, repeating yourself, delayed backache, insomnia, suicidal thoughts or actions, changing and dreaming, homicidal thoughts or actions, explosive diarrhea, genocidal thoughts or action, implosive constipation, rash, inappropriate sexual excitement, sudden cardiac arrest, appropriate sexual excitement, repeating yourself, and mild cough. Most listeners were not bothered enough by the side effects to stop listening. We thank you. Okay. I wanted to talk about today Mm -hmm. collaring. Collars and how it's different in the different types of kingdom. Okay. I recently finished reading Bark by Justin St. Clair, available on Amazon. It is a very good book about pup play and the puppy community at large. I recommend it to all of the listeners of A Hairy Prone Companion. And there is also another book called Woof, that is several years older and talks more about the older leather dog and what that was. And Pup is kind of, is different from the old leather dogs. Mm-hmm. But is that where, you know, that's pretty much where Pup kind of came from? Sort of, from, yeah. Or? Pup evolved from the leather community, but it has grown into a community of its own and it's taken things from leather and from furry and just from around from there's parts of you know native american totemism in pup play you know because in many shamanistic cultures you know native american african proto-european the shaman would often put on a mask and take on aspects of a totemic animal and even just generally even if non-shaman or would have you know a animal associated with them that they or they associate as a a spiritual animal that is somehow important in their lives and one of my online pup friends yesterday he wasn't able to make it to detroit bondage club because he was getting a locked collar for the first time so i want to talk about collars and and how they're seen Mm -hmm. and how so what as someone Who's, who's not as familiar? Not um, as familiar. I, I mean, I've seen people in collars. I mean, I actually see people in collars, like uh, an actual dog collar that may have a tag. Um, I've seen people, uh, a lot of times, usually collars seem to be uh, links of chain and then are padlocked. And then, so for me, I mean, my only real exposure to collars personally were just as kind of a fashion accessory. Okay. You know, something you'd wear. Um, I bought one at the Renaissance Festival years ago. They had these really cool, like, pyramidal Celtic knotwork studs on it which I've never worn because it's like I realized there was meaning to collars later on. It's like, oh, it's not just, you know, something. Mm-hmm. Also, the fact that my neck's bigger than it was then and it just does not fit even in. And I could, oh, that's unfortunate. If I work out my arms, I might be able to use it as an armband. <laughs> so, I mean, for me, yeah, I always you know, thought more fashion and then finding there's more meaning 
And um, even being told, like, you know, you know, don't wear a collar to an event as fashion because there's meaning to it and people will take it as something. Right. So, yeah, there's a whole world of meaning there, so I'm kind of curious as to what okay. it kind of signifies. I mean, but, you know, I kind of understand the idea of collaring. It's kind of like a wedding band. It's yes. It's a bit of jewelry that shows your connection to someone. You know, the thing with the lock, well, then the other idea is that someone then is also wearing the key. And that kind of shows not just a level of connection, but also kind of a hierarchy, too. Yes. And it gets confusing because in leather, in pup, and in fur, collars have different meanings. I come from a leather background more than anything else. And when I was coming up in leather, a collar meant that this person was... Not just a bottom, but was owned to, to some degree. That he had a sir, a daddy, a dom above him that claimed him. Okay, So any collar back in the day in a leather bar was signaled to generally hands off. Mm-hmm. You know, saying, saying, no, sorry, I'm spoken for. That has broken down quite a bit. In fur... Everybody has a collar. I think, again, I mean, it it goes with the the idea of the costuming. Also, it's something that's you can go to any pet store and get a pet collar pretty cheaply as an accessory. And then also dog tags with, you know, whatever engraved. I mean, I see at Meijer, there's a kiosk where you put in your credit card and you type in what you want on it and it prints it right there on the spot. So, you know, what your, your fursona name could be on there. Other information. Your, so yeah, yeah your, your pup name, if found, mm-hmm. returned to. So pup pulled more from fur in that it feels like, at least to me, that every single pup has a collar that they wear. What it looks like might be a little bit different. It might be, you know, a leather collar from Petco. It might be a length of chain that slips neatly beneath the collar of a shirt to be mm-hmm. subtle in public. But if I see a puppy wearing a collar, all I see from that is fashion. I see this is another part of the pup gear. It's yeah, it's yeah. it's a very it's an accessory that's you know I mean yeah. I, I it'd be odd to think of a you know a puppy without a collar. Yes, you know it's just yeah. Uh, and I actually I do want to back up. Mm-hmm. When I was a boy, I only wore a collar in scene. It was not something that I wore out and about town. This was something, sir would put the collar on me, and I'm like, ooh, it's playtime. That's what the collar meant to me. To put you in a certain space. Yes, to put me in, to take me out of college student or retail drone space. Him putting the collar on me Mm -hmm. helped put me into boy space. And, yeah, and it signified playtime. But I can also see the collars just being that reminder, like a wedding band, of there's someone in your life in that role. You know, Mm -hmm. so when you are in your retail job or, you know, especially if you have it on and if it's underneath your shirt, no one else knows about you do. You feel it. Because usually they have a pretty good heft to them. Or, you know, know, if it is a bit visible, then, yeah, again, it's kind of that showing of like, you know, hey, I'm... There's someone in my life right. that put this on. Or, you know, some of the collars, like the one gentleman 
at the potluck is great big lengths of chain, neon yellow with a massive master lock on it. And of course, he's also a bit, he also has kind of a punk fashion mm-hmm. with him. And, you know, that fits the fashion oh, yeah, too. The whole, but yeah, punk, you know, punk oeuvre, you know, thing there. It's like, you know, chains and, and locks and big metal jewelry that and draws attention. Looks good on him, though. No. Mm-hmm. But I juggle these two mentalities mm-hmm. of leather and pub. Uh, I am not part of the furry community. I can't say to be an expert on that or to speak for them at all. But if I see a leather boy, you know, somebody dressed in high cow with a collar on, like, no, hands off. No, right? high, that term, high cow, lots of leather or... Uh, yeah, I mean, leather uniform, leather tuxedo. Okay. Like formal. For, yeah, okay. formal okay. leather. Got yeah. it. High cow, not my own expression. It did come from Bark as well. And okay. I'm like, I'd really like to attend an event that could be described as high cow. But leather, when in the a leather space and with a leather groove, collar to me says hands off. As pups... Just a collar by itself is fashion, but I keep an eye out for a lock. If I see a lock on a collar, that to me says I am an owned puppy. I am not a stray, and as an owned puppy, you need to speak to my handler, my alpha, my significant other, Mm -hmm. whoever the key holder is for that lock, before we have... Uh, happy fun times and for some some who have a lock collar the handler will get grumpy even if you just give them scritches which well it it, it depends well i mean that's yeah that's i think that's a topic for another discussion but i'm curious about discussing consent and especially in a scene because Mm -hmm. you know yeah, because there's different levels, but yeah, I think that's something we'll hit on another thing is like, what is acceptable actual touching and just play at the bar, at a scene, you know, depending on how someone's dressed. It's like, I think that has a, there's a lot to that. Yeah. Cosplay is not consent, but ooh, I, I, I hate, I hate to do that, but still there are, you know, different levels of expected and acceptable behavior based on where you are, what the group is, and yes, what you're wearing is kind of a signal to that. Which is, I think that works into the collar situation. You say that, but I think everybody either wearing, you know, fetish gear at an event or wearing collar, there are going to be certain societal norms in that community, but each mm-hmm. person has their own thing too. Right. And that, I think that's where the trouble is. Well, not trouble, but that's where the reality is. Once upon a time, a collar, you know, or in a very, a, you know, a smaller community, it means a very specific thing. Yeah. Once upon a time, leather was a much smaller community. And, you know, things were much more defined. Because yes. I remember once upon a time, uh, someone saying, well, and that's what was worn to me years ago when I had this collar. It's like, oh, you don't want to wear that. I'm like, okay, well, because it means that no one can talk to you. In their mind, a collar even meant you don't, you do not acknowledge the sub until you've actually asked permission from the sir 
or or whoever that they're someone that you can interact with like you know you like the collar was almost like a thing saying i don't even want to be talked to and i'm like okay that's that seems on the extreme side that's a little on the extreme yeah. side but no but i can see that from an old guard mm -hmm. and if they've had that their own circle yeah but when circles mix then there's different expectations and I think that's where you have to kind of think, well, not everyone's going to see it the same way. Right. And, you know, you do get that clash in, you know, a place like Menjo's mm -hmm. that is catering both to leather and pop mm -hmm. where... And probably people who are just fashion. Right. And you get that friction because they're speaking the same language but a different dialect mm -hmm. and... So you get unpleasant incidents happen, and we need to talk well, about it, work it out as a as pup community, as leather community. No, I think just as humans, it's like chill the fuck out. Other people do things differently. I mean that I that comes that's almost part of the golden rule. It's like oh, so you're a man and woman, and you're married. Cool. Guess what? Down the street, there might be a man and man who want to get married. Oh, that can't. That's not right. marriage. Yeah, but enough. <laughs> right, but there's also that there are parts of the leather community are feeling the friction from pups invading mm -hmm. their space, really because there's not many other places that you can go to have a pup mosh other than a kinky bar. It, it's yeah, and I think they're feeling like this is our territory, this is our place, this is our place to be ourselves and play. And it's being invaded by these new people. And it's like, well... Who, who don't... Res <laughs> new people who don't who respect... Things. Yeah, who don't, don't respect... Know. Yeah, don't know, don't want to learn, don't respect our norms. And you get people butting heads. But and, yeah. but by the same token, too, it's like things are going to change. You know, it's like, you know, unless you're the Catholic Church and want to hold on to the uh, old e way. Even the Catholic Church changed a little bit oh, 50 years ago. a lot. <laughs> but no, but I mean, you know, it's, a community can calcify and it's like, well, we always do it this way. And it's like, well, it's going to change. Change is inevitable. And if you don't think that's, then you can stay the same. But someday there's going to be a world without you in it. And the people who've taken up the torch after you are going to be doing it differently. And if that pisses you off, well, okay, you can be the curmudgeon. <laughs> I, I'm falling into curmudgeonness myself in many ways, so I can understand where they're coming from. But I think it's mostly everyone just being more aware of each other. The old guard has to realize times are changing, and it will change. And the new people have to realize there are some things you have to respect and at least be aware of. And if you're going to violate it, do it do so because you're trying to shake it up, not just because you're ignorant and, you know, letting right. it happen. And shake it up from a place of knowledge. All, I don't even want to say all you young gays, all you gays out there, learn your queer history. Know about the Stonewall. Know about the biker gangs of the 50s, especially if you're in, you know, if you're kinky and you're into leather and well, if you're listening to this podcast, mm -hmm. that's probably a good guess. But read our history. You know, find a copy of Mister Benson. Find the Leatherman's Handbook, not as a handbook as this is how you need to live you, your you life, do, but but as a piece of gay history. Know where things came from. Yes, and once you know where they've come from and you see where they are, you can plot a better. 
course forward. Find an old gay. Buy him a drink. <laughs> ask him about the Reagan days. And watch him get really, really angry. <laughs> yeah, I... Well, I mean, that also is a, a trouble with our community. You know, well, I think humans in general, but, you know, gays specific. We don't value age. We put a premium on youth culture, and it and it's like older, it's like, oh, I don't want to be bothered by those old queens, or, you know, oh, gross, some old man wants to, you know, talk to me. It's like... Yeah, before it was somebody on the internet spewing hate, troll <laughs> meant old gay who wants to suck your dick. So, I mean, yeah, I would think that the uh, thing was, um, you know, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of value to be had to maturity, as in they know a lot of stuff, and it's like, but, you know, that's just the human condition. You know, right. younger is always like, well, this is the way we do it, and old right. people just don't know anything. It's like, you know, that's with parents and children. <laughs> yeah, plus it doesn't help that between 1983 and 1992, four times as many young men died of AIDS as died in the Vietnam War in about the same time period. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, we lost so much history. Mm -hmm. Oh, it, oh, okay. Yeah. Grumpy, sad, depressing. Oh, no, the beautiful, <laughs> but, but like, still the beautiful thing is, in the end, it all is the same. We're all dust. And we'll be forgotten after a couple generations. Yeah. Well, or... And know, on that bright note... <laughs> well, I... To the plague years, I kind of take the Jewish approach. The, the, the basic story behind every Jewish holiday was they tried to destroy us. They failed. Let's eat. <laughs> so... AIDS tried to destroy a community. It failed. Well, uh, well, it, it, people, it radically yeah. reshaped the community. No, no I, yeah. I, the personification of a disease. It's like, no, AIDS yeah. happened, and some people, through their ignorance and hope, were like, oh, this is getting rid of the undesirables. Or people we don't care about. We, you know, oh, drug people who are taking drugs and the homosexuals, okay, and... You know, it, it was right. a failure on their uh, the humanity of their parts, I think, to uh, yeah. through, realize. Through Matt Baum, he introduced me to a, the AIDS episode of Designing Women, where the villain character said of AIDS, it's killing all the right people, which was a line that, that was actually overheard by one of the writers. And she was like, yeah, we need to... Yeah, so... And that episode... He did a YouTube video about that episode of Design Women, and that episode of Design Women is available on YouTube if you do a bit of poking and hunting, and is available on the DVD box set, and is probably available through one or more streaming oh, yeah. services if you're kind if you're the kind of person who likes to pay for their entertainment. <laughs> so, but yeah, that is it. Was, yeah, it was an interesting time, but I, I also think that you know it was like I said, it also much good. Well, good things came of it too. Horrible things happened, but it was also a unifying time too, where it's like, okay, we can get behind this and help each other. I think you know, right. it. We became. Uh, I think many people became much more aware of the needs of others, and you know, not so obsessed with our own little personal things. We get so caught up in our own lives, we kind of forget that we're all in this together. And something like that, I think, sometimes will remind us. It's like. Yeah, there's other people out there that we need to, you know, 
and forms community. A lot of yeah. community was formed. Up to then, there was a lot of, you know, pre-AIDS, I think a lot of gay culture was a lot of men having a good time. Yes. And how dare you tell us what to do? Right. And AIDS kind of, unfortunately, by, you know, you know, baptism fire, made us grow up and say, okay, we need to take care of ourselves and each other, too. Right. And things like these leather titles mm-hmm. came directly from that because originally they were AIDS fundraising that members of our community are dying. We need to figure out a creative way to, to be able to raise And no one money. else is going to help us. We yeah, no, us. yeah. Nobody is going to help better. us kinky gay men. Yeah. The, the two groups who did the big fundraising in the community, or at least what we like to tell ourselves is the Leathermen and the drag queens mm-hmm. that, that they came out and raised the money. And well, that was also recently on uh, um, one of the sewers of Paris was uh, talking to um, someone who was in drag and talked about the whole drag overarching hierarchy organization, how in, at its best, it should be a community organization that raises money via the shows and that right. for things. And also it sounds like a uh, sisters of perpetual indulgence, yes. something similar. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the leather community. Yeah. It, um, you know, what, talking, what, what organization was that? It was, Oh, the Imperial Court yeah. is what they were they were talking about. Yeah. Yes. And then, uh, but I mean, yeah. I mean, even um, even furry cons, I mean, tend to be, you know, there's a f- fundraising aspect to it where there'll be ch- uh, auctions and sundries, uh, usually for like humane society and mm-hmm. uh, pets uh, shelters. Yeah. I mean, the idea, you take your fandom, you take your kink, you take your, you know, way you have fun and then realize you can funnel this into something that can actually be a community and help. And, um, you know, well, that's the thing that was, I was introduced very recently, this whole thing of mama and, uh, the mama's family. Yes. I did not really know what that was. I'd seen some people who had like, you know, were part of it, had the badges and I thought it was just something very small, like focused around a city and a bar and maybe just this one matriarch and a couple dozen people. And I thought it was just a very, no, it sounds like it's a very large organization, very expansive. And also again, they do things, they make money, they help people, you know. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I think that's kind of the offshoot of any community is like, what do you do with that? I mean, you have all these people doing it. They're united for a reason. Right. What do you do with that? Right. And, you know, we at Lansing Paw, one of the first events, we raised money for Capital City Humane Society. And when the member took the check in, I told him, you really want to mail that check. It's like, no, I'll take it right into the shelter. And he came home with his third dog. (laughs) (laughs) I would have mailed it because I I know that if if I walk in to an animal shelter, I will not walk out alone, which is kind of a bad thing because this 500-square-foot apartment is not big enough for a teacup chihuahua. Mm -hmm. And, oh, yeah, it would be a violation of my lease to have a dog. I have, yeah, I have a friend who works at a cat rescue, um, volunteers there every Sunday. And she says, oh, we should come help, come help. And I'm like, no, I'm already busy enough. And if I worked there, then I would be like you and end up with, you know, this series of cats in my lives. And honestly, I do not have a life that even fits a cat. I'm not home enough. You know, they are independent creatures, but no, I'm not home even enough for a cat. So, but I would fall in love with one mm-hmm. as soon as I saw it, and, and I would change my life home. accordingly. And it's like, oh, who has time for that? <laughs> yeah, 
Oh, so <laughs> wide range. So we went from collars. We went from, from, from collars, collars to Michigan Humane to Society. <laughs> um, no, but um, so the thing with the collars, then it means many different things to many different people. But, you know, fundamentally, it's like, I think, yeah, it's a matter of asking and checking with people, you know, what it means. Um, you know, I had someone say that about transgender. It's like, you ask 12 people what define transgender, they get 13 answers. Mm-hmm. And ideally, doesn't matter what you think it is, ask the person themselves. If you're dealing with someone else or you're dealing with someone who's transgender, ask them, what does this mean? You know, because I hear definitions like, oh, it's when they like to put on different clothing or, or it's this. And it's like, no, it's, it's, yeah, ask them yeah. what their definition. How, so I guess maybe that's the best thing yeah. with collars would be ask. Oh, yeah. is, what does that, what does that signify? And they, I mean, you know. And people wearing the collar will be happy to tell mm-hmm. you. And they're wearing it for a reason and they want people to know. Yeah, I am actually having Neptune make me a chainmail collar. Mm-hmm. I, I put in a commission for that. And again, coming from the leather boy perspective for a, a long time, I was very hesitant about wearing a collar because I'm a slut mm-hmm. and I didn't want to advertise myself as being off the market. Mm-hmm. But yeah, with the pup community, um, I want to, when I want to have that for when I'm in pup mode mm-hmm. and so I'll have a chainmail collar. I measured my neck recently, sent the measurements, and said I'll pay for your materials in time. And then, yeah, I'm going to swing by Meyer and that uh, tag engraving mm-hmm. machine and just get a tag that just reads Lucky Strike. Yeah, just a name tag. This episode of A Hairy Prone Companion brought to you by Lucky Owl's Nature Balm. Insect repellent, sunscreen, lube. For all your outdoor needs. Lucky Owls. Look for the Lucky Owl on the tin. Boy Scout approved. For all your outdoor needs and desires. Thank you. (laughs) Available at Douglas Dunes. (laughs) Good news on the knitting front. Keith found my Tom Baker scarf. Yay. Yay. It was sitting in the lost and found box at church. Oh, okay. So I didn't lose it at the grocery store. I left it at church. Mm. So it is back. It is home. And I have lots of inspirations, but I <laughs> I kind of wish I could get away with knitting more during the slow times at work. Okay. But that tends to make the manager grumpy hmm. when... She sees me at work knitting. Doesn't seem to mind so much if she just sees me staring blankly at the screen that is Facebook. Yeah, somehow the knitting just tweaks her the wrong way. So I don't knit at work. And and when I get home, I'm either editing the podcast or writing the podcast. But I saw at Home Depot some inch and three quarter rings. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, these rings would be perfect, a set of four of them, for a crocheted bulldog harness. And so I'm going to pick those up. And I also picked up, last time I was at Joanne's to get the tape measure to measure my neck, mm-hmm. I also picked up some variegated yarn because I've been wanting to do something variegated uh, with the name of Dalmatian to it. So it flows from black to white. And back and forth through that. And 
I think I will crochet myself up a nice bulldog harness in that color. Now, what is a bulldog harness? Is that Okay, so a bulldog harness is one that has four rings on it. Okay. Normally, when you think of a harness, it's... I think of a center one... chest ring that yeah. has kind of an X coming from it. Right. That then uh, attaches to a ring in the back. So, right, okay. so a bulldog will have two rings usually set an inch or two above the nipples. Mm-hmm. So, and then matching same place on the back. And so then you've got a strap here, okay. a strap, so a strap around the rib cage, yep. a strap across between mm-hmm. the rings and then straps over the, over shoulder. the shoulders. Okay. And then I've also seen where they will have a D ring in the middle of the cross strap mm-hmm. that is often left free, or it can be used to attach a lead to, Mm-hmm. or go down to a cock ring. And I like the way that those look. I also saw at Detroit Bondage Club a guy, and I don't remember the exact name of it, but it was three straps, uh, kind of asymmetrical. So think like a bulldog, but with just what, with oh, just two rings. Holster strap? I, Maybe, I, I yeah. yeah. So I've then short, short, yeah. and then a long yeah. that, that then goes under mm-hmm. the other tit and then connects in the center of the back and what? it looked really good on him now was that that was leather that yes that was leather now um, what would you be what color would you be using because you'd be you said crocheting or yes i would be crocheting i'd be using that dalmatian okay, variegated the okay, so the yeah. so grace grayscale and yeah i would make it that way probably just like three or four so about an inch wide on each of the straps and then you know I'll take a few measurements uh, to figure out uh, just how long I need to have them and then I mean I can also see that like I said when thinking of harnesses I think you know again the leather but then that's again at leather events you know leather or nothing but with pups or that it's like yeah I'm making it out of uh, you know yarn <laughs> just as functional plus then you have a lot more play with the colors and the materials right we can yeah. make out yeah, that really horrific. Uh, it's horrific to work with. Uh, the stuff that's furry after you've knit it has lots oh, of extra strands. Oh, yeah, I eyelash oh, yarn. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I, I, I get that. Mm-hmm. I, I get that. I see that. I can wrap my mind around it. Mm-hmm. I can't wrap my needles around it. Yeah, it's very oh. tricky to work with. <laughs> oh yeah, I tried. I tried doing an eyelash scarf, knitted, and. No, it was just a tangled mess. And really unpleasant. But there are probably a fuzzier yarns you could actually work with that, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, harnesses and all. Yeah, I mean, I, I could get a bulky, fuzzy, kind of velvety hmm. yarn that I could work with that. Or I could get some wool and felt it. But Oh, that's yeah. true. I'm thinking that would be an interesting thing, too, to actually knit something and then felt it and you know that would give a, a more solid you know mm-hmm. and less giving um you know thing you just have to really have down pretty well how much it's going to shrink for the, in the felting right part. right i see a lot of prototypes and a lot of ones that you gift to people who are of different sizes than you. <laughs> oh it's but so here you skinny young boy have this artist it fits uh, just right yes it would <laughs> right and all of this has been inspired by the website Yarness, mm-hmm. a combination of yarn and harness, caught them 
at they were caught by the photographer at Folsom mm-hmm. th- this this past Folsom and looked him up and then was, and that was part of the inspiration for doing this podcast seeing mm-hmm. that there were other kinky knitters and knowing that there's an audience out there for it. there is an audience out there for it and that there's a market out there for it and yeah they make harnesses as one would expect they also they make a really nice pup hood that's very colorful kind of cartoony the main body of the hood is blue with a bright red nose and a bright red tongue so that's neat a little cartoony for my taste but i mean it looks it's really well done they're probably not asking enough for it for all the work that's gone into it definitely need to check out that. yeah i've not been doing yeah. any crafting really myself i you need you need to get the week, back to it this has been the week of catching up at work and the next week will probably be more of the same and then the holidays but oh and i did one more thing this week mm-hmm. i did go to the crafty kinksters munch oh. in town i meant to go it was a wednesday and that was the, my wednesday i worked 14 hours at my job so Ew. Yeah. so I, I i was finishing just as i'm like it's too late really to even check now i don't think anyone's there yeah when i got i got there about seven thirty. i stayed for about an hour okay. um there were seven people there and mm-hmm. we had some pleasant discussions okay. i quite a few people knitting one person was working on mandalas uh, using colored pencils. And someone else was working on Christmas stockings, knitting Christmas stockings in the round Mm. and complaining about how much she hated knitting Christmas stockings (laughs) in the round. But she had gotten commissioned to do it. And she's like, I may hate it, but you know what I really like? Eating. Yeah. Yeah. So... So she she kind of had to do them and had quite a few to get done before Christmas. So. I'm glad you yeah I'm glad you were able to check them out. It's something I like to hit up and because I actually work near where they meet. So if I am working late, it's oftentimes an easy thing for me yeah. to go and grab dinner there and visit. Yeah, and nice place mm-hmm. for dinner and really good. I had a slice of coconut cream pie and it was so good. You could tell they use real lard in in their mm-hmm. crust. So, for those listening in the Lansing area, it is the second and fourth Wednesday of the month at Grand Traverse Pie Company in East Lansing, corner of Grand River and Hagedorn. Yes. There will not be a second munch in December because the room holiday. that... Oh. Yeah, because of the holiday. Okay. And so the room that they meet in, it, because they meet in the back room there, will be filled with pies oh. for people oh, for I the see. holiday orders. Okay. Yeah, and I, for you know the event, it's even more vanilla-ish than a munch uh, because people just show up in street clothes. It's uh, you know you could be knitting kinky projects, but and the conversation definitely is going to go blue. But it's, yeah, it it's it just, is it's more crafting than kinky. It they're is a knitting by, circle. Yeah, they're brought together by kink, but it's really about the crafting. I will give it a, another chance. I've I've not fully made up my mind about <laughs> that group yet. I think I either need to go to Starbucks, and of course that would mean I'd have to put on pants, or maybe I'll go back to bed. So, Well, we've run out of ideas again. Send your questions, comments, show ideas, dirty pictures, project photos, and or PayPal tips to harryprone at gmail.com. Tweet at us. We are at harryprone.com. 
Our theme music is Hot Spot by Ox, used under the Creative Commons Attribution License. We are your hosts, Sir Arcane and Lancey Mike. Wishing you peace, love, and perversion. Good night, Mike. Nice.